Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, a show where we get overly excited and protective of tortillas. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, I was bopping to the beat. I could hear our intro music through Spencer's headphones, just kind of, kind of getting into this. It goes hard. Yeah, it does. Getting getting ready to to spit some game on tortillas and their functions, but. Keith has offered to do big voice. Oh, so we're going to do that at some point. I have a new song to roll out with it. And it's going to go even harder. What's it going to be? That's what she said. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> 30 seconds in. I will not. It's also what that. she said. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. So, oh, whoa, we are so unprofessional. <laughs> I will not reveal that till it's time. Oh, so yeah. you're, you're going to leave me in suspense, too. Well, I could tell you the name of the song, but you won't know it. It's a song I pulled off of SoundCloud. Beats number seven. It's called Brass Attack. Brass Attack? Oh, I'm going to look that up. You should. I'm going to blare it on the way home. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get you riled up, man. So we, we teased it going in. We, we have to get to this. We've got so much to get to today. Um, Some of it's about football. A lot of it is. We actually, we again, reached out and got a quality interview preview for TCU this time from Jamie Plunkett of Frogs O' War. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We're going to talk about some college football fantasy update. A new chairman of the Board of Regents was elected. Good guy. I'm familiar with him and his family. Location of the butt bowl being determined. Yeah. Supposedly today they were supposed to make a decision. I don't know if it was... Was it today? Well, they were having a meeting about it today. Okay. Some non-conference scheduling issues and tech may get a kind of a cupcake schedule in 2021. We're going to talk about that. And then can Alan Bowman fly on an airplane? All that and more. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So first, we have to get to this article that I came thought you were out. about to roll to commercial. I thought we'd gotten oh, sponsored. Man. If only we had a case of a sponsor right about now. All right. Still still put put your feelers out, everybody. So this came out this article came out on Sunday of all days from the good old Daily Toydor staff writer Brianna Maldonado. Students, comma, staff discuss tortilla tradition ban. Oh. Yeah, that got serious really quickly. It did. Now, luckily, I mean, well, I say luckily, she's as a reporter, does not take a stand right side. Well, she did the right thing. She got... She um, interviewed both sides. Yeah, she did. She got views from both sides and staff and students, and she, she, did, she did the right thing. Yeah, so staff from the athletic department, from the university archivist. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking my head right now. 
and then a couple of students. As probably you can expect, the students are heavily in favor of allowing tortillas to be thrown at the games. The one staff is like, well, it's kind of been here for a while. I don't know if it's going anywhere. And then the other staff member plus the archivist are like, this is so bad. I don't have a, I don't have a I don't have a good enough voice uh, thought out for Miss Lynn Whitfield. But well, it's something like that. Well, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of a downer to to read it and think that this is going to be as big of an issue as it as it could be. Um, I, I guess not since it's Tuesday and it just really kind of got everywhere on Twitter today. I don't think there's going to be any traction on this going, but well, yeah, that, we, we need to share a little bit of what some of these guys had to say about our beloved tortilla tradition. Because for the record, Spencer, are you pro or against throwing flour tortillas at tech games? I am strongly pro. I am strongly pro as well, despite the fact that I've never done it. I've only thrown one tortilla, and it was one that fell on me at a game. And it was I rethrew it right, and then you probably washed your hands afterwards. I had no idea where it came from. <laughs> the back of some dude's pants, probably. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got a couple sources in this uh, this article. Taylor Carr, assistant director of tech athletics and former student athlete, gives gives us a little history of where the tortilla throwing comes from. This was interesting. I didn't know all of this. He recounts. Well, I say he. I'm not sure. I'm sure if it's a he or she. Taylor says, uh, students would take the lids off their stadium drinks and throw those on the field. Administration, administration noticed that, and they stopped offering lids on the drinks. Tortillas were the next best thing. They were round, easy to throw, and flew kind of like a Frisbee. That's smart. That's West that's, Texas ingenuity. That's in, innovative. Yep. Then, then they go on a little history and says, when Texas, Tech, sorry, when Texas A&M came in 1992, an announcer made a comment that there was nothing in Lubbock but tech football and a tortilla factory. And Taylor Carr goes on and says that the students kind of gravitated towards that and said, okay, you're going to say that we're going to start throwing tortillas. And a tradition was born. Although if you ask some of the Texas tech staff of if that's a quote tradition or not, there would be some disagreement. Yeah. And it's the best kind of tradition because it's not someone that was man. It's not a tradition that was mandated from people who are trying to decide those sorts of things. It, it wasn't concocted in some some office, right? It How wasn't can, copied from somebody. Yeah, looking at you, Stillwater. Yeah, it was just organically developed, almost out of necessity, <laughs> because they wanted to throw something, so they threw some tortillas eventually, and then. When that remark gets thrown out there, then so do tortillas about the factory and everything. So I, I think it's one of, I think it's an underrated tradition because it is just straight up something that's been going on for a generation now. So, or more than a generation. I don't know how that works. 26 years, that may be more than one, but it's that's about a generation. Yeah. We had Grayson when I was 25. Yeah, so it's about so a generation has been throwing tortillas, sorry, in, organically. Grayson, if you didn't catch on, is our four-year-old son. That is your clue for the day. Yep. 
So there are two other named sources from the staff in here. Staff just meaning they work at Texas Tech somewhere. One of them is Drew Ingram, Associate Athletics Director. Said students need to start viewing it from a functionality standpoint. Michael, what does he mean? What is what is a functionality standpoint of throwing a tortilla? Well, I assume that he... I would I would break it down even further. He wants to look at the functionality of the tortilla itself. I does it does it lend itself to burritos or tacos? Uh, that's where I thought he was going, but then he just completely he completely caught me off guard with what he actually said next. No, he, he took a step further back. All right, one step back. Oh, more. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Over 30,000 foot views. Well, they're a food item. Oh, that's true. Any item thrown out on the field of play is a safety issue. That's also true. But how often do those actually make it onto the field of play? I think the guys at uh, G Boren Services have done a good job of like sweeping those up real quick. Yeah, they know it's coming. <laughs> the other person we want to talk about is the university archivist, which, I mean, I want to get paid to write history. Right, that that could be cool. Kind of like that's some George Orwellian stuff. You just write your a, own thing, or is that a historian? I think an archivist takes or puts things in the archive. <laughs> okay, so I want to take history and record it into the archive, or just transport it. You're a trans. You're you're a transporter. You're like Jason Statham. That Anyways, would be your job. L- listen to this wet blanket right here, Lynn Whitfield. The horse, band members, players, and students in the stands could slip and fall from the tortillas. Which is true. She, she, does not, she does not predict students ever stopping unless there is a terrible accident. Uh, Whitfield said throwing tortillas is such a controversial habit because most students love it, but the university does not consider it a tradition. Quote, we don't want to consider this a tradition. <laughs> We would rather it go away and something else take place because we want to project a positive image. I, I get that. This is almost like satirical how bad this is. I get that people in theory, definitely a horse could slip on a tortilla. I, 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 it would be catastrophic. People could in theory slip on a tortilla, but it hasn't happened yet if that we know of. If you were about a horse slipping on the field, it's much, far more likely it's going to slip on the turf. Right. Then, like, if, if you're concerned, then put down natural grass. Well, and the only time that the that the mass rider is, you know, going full speed is well before any tortillas are out on the field. Any other time the mass rider's out there, it's they're going around at a gallop or something to celebrate a 
and they're, they're score. well within the field of play, like far away from yeah. Where they're in the red zone, basically doing a lap. Uh, the the other thing that that caught me that I, I think you skipped it was she said that it lacks good sportsmanship, which I and she doesn't go on to clarify that. I don't I don't know why it. that makes you a bad sport to throw out a tortilla maybe the first two kickoffs of a college football game. It's dumb. They're not writing stuff on the tortillas. They're they're chewing holes in the middle of it so it flies better. Oh, that's good. I feel I believe we've had this discussion. And one other thing I wanted to bring up too. If the school doesn't want this, why did they have tortilla towels? They yeah, the university that, athletic department they they embraced had, it. Yeah, they had West for West Virginia, the first I don't know how many thousand students that got in the game received a tortilla towel. And they were waving them. I mean, they. I wonder if they're trying to replace the tortillas. But I, you're not going to throw those towels. No, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. No, but I don't think it's going to replace them. I think it's just kind of which I think was a, a question, nod. A question we received. It was. Yeah, they were asking oh, well. how 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 could you get a what's the best way to throw a towel? I think was was you the throw question. Throw it in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I it's mixed. It's mixed signals from the university to have someone who seems to have been given. I don't know if I don't know who the we is she's talking about, but we is she's speaking for somebody. She's speaking for somebody. Her uh, and the mouse in her pocket, maybe. Yeah, to have to have that kind of carte blanche of no, this is this is what we as a university do no do not want. Uh, come just you know ten days after this, that same university issued a tortilla towel. It doesn't make any sense. I just no. I, I saw the article. It's like we have to talk about this because it's ridiculous. Right. We also need to talk about fantasy from week six. Oh, man. Okay. I've, I made some roster moves. I don't know if you noticed or not. Oh, I certainly did. Uh, they sort of helped, but... Um, yeah, because you picked up a returner smartly. Yeah. Put him on your lineup, and it almost paid off for you. Yeah, it, it was close. I, I played... <laughs> we're, we're not giving out scores yet, I've noticed. I played four... Four people from the state of West Virginia because they were playing Kansas. And as all of y'all know, listening to this, Kansas kind of stifled them a little bit. And my boy, Will Greer, didn't have the best day. I think he had three interceptions, maybe four. That's, That's ridiculous. But anyway. How come we couldn't intercept him? I know. I know. How does he... How can he... How can we get... The game we got from Will Greer, and then Kansas gets this other one. I think we would have smoked him if he had played like that in Lubbock. So I was looking at your running back score, and I assumed that was return yards. No, that's all like his rushing. So he picked up a running back, Alex Barnes from Kansas State, put up 117 points, and none of that was return yards, right. which gets what a point per yard, which is stupid. We need to change that. I say that every week. Well, I Alex think I Barnes, had him. I think I had him for a while. But well, this was his first week to... He played Baylor. Right. He played Baylor, so I put him in. <laughs> he took advantage. 22 receiving yeah. yards. Not not bad. 250 rushing yards. Ridiculous. Yep. And three rushing touchdowns. That yeah. will get you 117 points. That's a, that's a really solid day. So my guy plays opposite him. Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State is, a, is using the return game. Got me 104 points. 102 of those points were return yards. My gosh. Well, I had to sit Turpin because 
of the bye week. Bye week. Yeah, Turpin's been uh, he's been pretty reliable on return yards. So I, I do want to point out to you. Had you played Marquise Brown, oh I know over Gary Jennings, I wrestled this. You would have beaten me. Yeah, I wrestled with this because I we have three wide receiver spots, and I, I put all three West Virginia wide receivers in there. Bad move, and I shouldn't have. But it was West Virginia, the team that just threw all over Tech, at least for the first quarter and a half. But did they? No. Well, they threw a lot of short ones. But they're good receivers, and so I picked up Sims, actually. I didn't have him. And I also picked up Kansas State's defense because they were playing uh, Baylor. (laughs) That got me five points. Because I had TCU's defense, and so I had to I had to get somebody else anyway. Um, I think I did some other roster move. I forgot what it was. I think I picked up – no. Oh, yeah, I picked up uh, the running back from Iowa State and had him on the bench. He had 34 points, which was good. Not David Montgomery. No. Kenny – Nwangu? Nwangu. Nwangu. Yes. I don't know. So, if you hadn't picked up on it, I beat Michael – for he did. the fourth time in six weeks, four fourteen to three fifty six. It was close, or closer, I should say. Yeah. Had he played Marquise Brown, who scored him sixty four points instead of Gary Jennings, who picked up five, that would have given you fifty nine points. That would have put you, ooh, maybe not beaten me, but it would have been close. Well, that's what's so ridiculous is, I can't believe I. In hindsight, it's always why did I set the star OU receiver? Well, I did because. West Virginia was playing Kansas, and I just, I just liked my odds. I, I weighed over that a lot, so it's okay. It's it's okay in our fictional fairy tale football league. I am, I am now down. What is it? What'd you say? Four to two. Four four two. You are two and four. Oh, only won my first and third game, something like that. It's okay if if you're going by weeks, like it's your turn to win this week. Oh. You're due, as they say. Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, all All right. right. Let's talk about some Texas Tech news. There was a new chairman of the Board of Regents elected because Rick Francis, through very, very heavy pressure from the community, stepped down. Apparently there was some, some threat to ask for his resignation in, like, the uh, open session from one of the other regents. Oh. Like, he's... The, the, supposedly he said, I will expect your resignation at the end of the session, or I will ask it in open session. Basically like calling for a vote right then to vote him out of the chairman. So using the, using the closed sessions against him. Basically. So Rick Francis is still a regent. He's stepped down only as his position as chairman. Right. There was a lot of confusion with that. The way some of these headlines were. Yep. Actually, I don't even know. I think the headlines were written correctly, but people just misread them. But no, he did not step down. He is still on the board. He is still... Yep, he's just not the chairman. He's just not the chairman, right. New chairman is Tim Lancaster from Abilene. Uh, He's the... Currently, he's the CEO of Hendricks Health. Oh, okay. He um, has already announced he's planning on retiring and moving to Lubbock. He already has a house here. Uh, His son actually works for the hospital that I work at. He's the... Tim Lancaster, the new Board of Regents chair, his son, is the 
vice president of operations of our hospital. So he's an admin as well. He was not one of the five regents that supposedly opposed Chancellor Duncan. Right. So that was good. There's still there's still five of them on the board. You just have to deal with that. But the president's not one of them. So that's good. I mean, I'm, I guess, not not excited. That's too strong of a word. Optimistic. Um, optimistic because he wasn't one of the five. And I know this family through work, and I'm familiar enough with them to say, probably a good dude. Well, at Hendricks Hospital, you know, I grew up around Abilene, and Hendricks was a big part of that community and my family personally. So hats off. I didn't know. I didn't realize all that, Mm -hmm. that he was, uh, did you say he was in charge of Hendrix? He's the CEO. The CEO. Jeez. Currently. He will be. And he's actually going to live in Lubbock. Yeah. I think he'll be the only one, right? I I think so too. There might be a guy that's in San Angelo or he graduated from San Angelo. I, there is one that did graduate from San Angelo State, which is part of the Texas, the Texas Tech, Tech system. system. Yeah, we go. have a system, so that's that totally counts. And I, but I don't think there was one that lived here, so that's but cool. There will be one starting in January. Yeah, that's great that he's moving up here. Another article that came out was some possibility of the Baylor Texas Tech game being moved back to campuses. The um, the Big 12 athletic directors were gathering t- today to meet, looking at the at least the 2019 schedule and going from there. Kirby Hokut said, if the conference moves the Texas Tech-Baylor game away from Thanksgiving weekend on a more permanent basis, that he would be, how do you say that? He would be... He would find it acceptable if the games came back to campus, or I'm I'm probably butchering that. But he would be okay with moving the games back to campus as long as that game did not fall on Thanksgiving weekend. Before I read this article, I was blindly just yes, this needs to this needs to move back. This needs to be home and home. Baylor has a new stadium. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want people to be in it. So I, I was completely on board with it. But then Hokut, who is smarter than me on most things regarding tech sports did bring up the, the the caveat of, well, we would, you know, we would consider that if it's not that weekend after Thanksgiving, because I remember several Baylor games after Thanksgiving in Lubbock as a student, not several, two or three, I guess. And they were sparse, sparsely attended. Well, in your best season ever, 2008, the last time it was played on campus, you hosted it here in Lubbock. You had a reported attendance of 35,000. I was at that game. I was too. Graham Harrell was playing with half of a hand. Well, he started the game with a full hand (laughs) and then smashed it. He smashed it on a helmet, right? Yeah, in the game. Yeah. Crabtree rolled his ankle again. Yeah. Like it was tough. Of, it was uh, a bad game. It was a, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Nearly lost it. Yep. Against a Robert Griffin led Baylor team. Yep. It was during the day. It was a weird time. It was like two thirty or three. Right. And it. I, I remember the. You know, we were still students. We got it on like the fifty yard line. It's not like we stood in line and waited. We do have to point out that this was right after the 
complete depancing in Norman. So I think it was. I think it was some like people the following week. Yeah. So th- that might have been partly involved, but but it's a thirty five thousand. That stadium was half half full. Yeah. Well, mm, pushing two thirds. Yeah, I remember it. My friend Adam and I went at that point to that game together, and it was it was cool. it was just we were a de- the same. We were, de- we were at a game together. Yeah, we were. It was a depressing game because they Tech wasn't playing any good, and Harold was hurt, and Crabtree was kind of hurt, and. They just were. You looked they, like you were going to lose it. You did, and they just kind of pulled it out uh, in tech fashion. They just decided Outla- to win they, it at some point. Yeah, they outlasted so, the Bears. So Hokut's uh, point of keeping that off the Thanksgiving week does make me rethink that. It, uh, you know, people complain about fan attendance and stuff now. When How would you it have look like a lot of half empty stadium for a conference game? Yeah, when you have a lot of students who go home to, to the Metroplex. the Metroplex more than likely for Thanksgiving, then they're not going to come back the next day. Probably, I mean, the majority of them won't. They'll they'll stay there stay there for a couple of days. The one thing I don't like though is if if you move that game either like just permanently off of that weekend, you're either always playing a road game or you're always taking your bye week at the last week of the regular season. Right. Which we've done a lot or the, like the second week of the season. Yeah. So that's why I don't like it. Like for those reasons, I would say fine, leave it because I don't want to always be on the road that weekend. Like that just seems like you're giving up too much to bring that game to Lubbock every other year. And then I definitely don't want to be always off and sacrifice a mid-season buy like we have this week or this past week. Right, which has been a really good timing. It has. And we talked about that with TCU. Oh, good. Yeah. Jamie well, Plunkett. Unfortunately, it was probably a good timing for TCU as well to well, have it, a bye it, week. It's good for Tech. Good for Tech as well. Yeah. Speaking of schedules, though, we've got a couple. another point. With all of this, it also came out that Texas Tech is having some issues scheduling a non-conference opponent for 2021. Back in December of 2015, the Big 12... Or insta- non, a non-Power 5. Or no yeah, way. yeah, yeah. So, in 2015, the Big 12 Conference instituted a new rule that teams are required to schedule one Power 5 opponent every season. 2021... They don't have a Power 5 team scheduled, but the non-conference schedule is basically set from 2022 through 2030. So if you were going to try to schedule a home, like a, a non-conference Power 5, you're assuming that you're going to need at least a home-and-home series. But nobody's going to say, yeah, I'll come play you in 2021, and we'll, we'll, we will return the game in 2031, 10 years later. <laughs> So, to that point, Texas Tech got um, an exemption, an exception for that season to not have to play a Power 5 team in non-conference. So, 2021, we're winning eight games, baby. We might. The, the, two, the two they have scheduled are Lamar and Houston. Well, the same as this year, Lamar and Houston. Right. Well, it's at Houston that year. but Right. I wanted to know your thoughts on this. What if, instead of a power five opponent, they scheduled a North Dakota state. Nope. No, Mm-mm. you want no part of it. I want no part of those power FCS teams. <laughs> Give me like a rice, New Mexico, New Mexico state, North Texas, SMU, 
Somebody North like Texas. That. I don't know if we. Ute- well, in three years when Latrell's been gone. Yeah, he'll be gone by then. Oh, he'll be gone this year. He might. He he could possibly be. He will be here. on our sideline <laughs> <No>. coaching. <laughs> There's a better chance he'll be in Lubbock than Denton. Yeah. So for what that's worth. Yeah, I I say just go grab you a a group of five school. Don't even stoop to like. Well, I say that I, I already threw out New Mexico and no New Mexico State. I think is independent currently. I didn't know that. You don't just have like to, Notre Dame. Yeah, you don't have to go as low as a like a Georgia State. Or a South Alabama. I guess not. But what about Rhode Island? Mm-mm. UConn? No. Colgate? <laughs> Old Dominion. It's jump East, into that East off. Tennessee State. No. No, I, I think Middle Tennessee State. How about that? I did I will, or or uh the and they are the Blue Raiders. Or North Carolina A and T. I saw I'm looking at the top. 25 that's a, FCS teams. Why are you looking at FCS, man? I just said no FCS. No, no, no. That's 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 cool. We we got it. <laughs> Jacksonville State. They're four and one, ranked number seven right now. <laughs> can y'all hear my? Can y'all hear my click? Yes, we can. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Cracked myself up. Thought that was fun. All right, let's actually talk about some. Well, I'm sorry. Why don't you finish your? Oh, I just wanted to finish my thought that we'll get to. We'll get to go back to the leech days of four cupcakes, and then give me UMass. Yeah, let's the uh, Minutemen. Weber State. Hey, uh, it was a Tupperville game. Well, I don't think he scheduled was it? it, but he played it. Yeah, it was Ben McCroy had like four near touchdown kick return touchdowns. Every time he like broke free, he was like, "He's finally going to do it." He'd trip over nothing. <laughs> He'd trip over the yard line. Tortilla. It's probably what it was. Maybe. All right, sorry. We're we're getting we're getting off track and that's not, that's not like us. No, not at all. So let's talk about Texas Tech football for this weekend. Making the trip to Fort Worth. Kind of a short drive on the west side of the Metroplex. Thursday night, six thirty. Real short turnaround from the time you're hearing this to the game time. Get ready. Here it comes. Who's starting at quarterback, Michael? I gotta ask you first. I, I, I still think I think it's gonna be Duffy. I still think Duffy's to gonna start. It has to be because I found this little tidbit. Well, it was, yeah. I'll just go and take credit for it. Okay, go go right ahead. This tidbit that um, those that are recovering from a collapsed lung or pneumothorax are oh wait especially <laughs> sensitive pneumothorax. Yeah. We learned something. Especially sensitive to pressure changes. Obviously, because that's a pressure change of, like, that's what caused the injury. So, Alan Bowman may not be able to board an airplane. It's a short trip. There has been some conflicting research on how long he should be off the plane, but it's generally accepted. It should be off two two to three weeks post-injury resolution. I would take that as his discharge date from the hospital, but even if it's the day it happened, he would be at what, 10, 11 days. Definitely not at least two weeks. Now he's only been out of the hospital a week. Right. And he, he obviously sustained it on a Saturday. Right. And then he was out on Wednesday afternoon, I believe the following Wednesday. So he's only been out. Well, he will be out a week 
tomorrow. Right. Today, so when, whenever you hear it. Yeah. By the time kickoff comes around, he have, will have only been out of the hospital eight days. The question was asked, if he can't fly, will somebody drive him? I'd, I'd do that. And Kingsbury said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. If he's not healthy enough to be with the team on an airplane, don't think it's really all that prudent for him to be back into that situation where he could be hit. The injury could re, re reoccur, end up staying a few extra days in Fort Worth. Nobody wants that. Well, I say that Fort Worth is hey, kind of a cool town. Fort Worth's not bad. Got the treasury. But is it the trip? No, it's not the tre- the mint. The mint. That's what they have. That was a cool trip. Is it peppermint or spearmint? No, and it's where they make the money. I'm sorry. <laughs> sheets and sheets of cash, man. Just just cash Casholine. laying around just all over the place. You just put it in your pockets every time you leave. You stuff your pockets and go home. Cash. So all of us all of us internet doctors are pontificating that Bowman is not healthy enough to to play just yet. Haven't heard enough about Carter to assume he's ready to come back. He has been practicing on a limited basis. Right. And Kingsbury said something about if he can put pressure on his foot, then uh, he's got to be able to push push off his leg and run and make plays is what he said. And then he said, if he can't do that, he won't play. But if he's saying that, then he's saying he can't do it. I, I would imagine he's unable to do so. Currently. The, I want to get back with the, okay, tell me the, tell me the fancy name for the, pneumothorax. Is that what scuba divers experience? Is that why they can't travel in airplanes after going scuba diving? Because there's a, there's a similar thing. No, because that is the condition of a collapsed lung. That's what it's called. Okay. Theirs is probably, uh, what is that something about getting blood or the blood oxygen gas. to your head? Yeah. The blood gas. Mixture okay. Issue. But it is a pressure thing, right? Yes. Because if you surface too quickly after being pressurized, you could create gas pressure issues within your body, not just on your lung, but like in your blood. You talk like you work at a hospital or something. I work in the communications and marketing department, man. <laughs> but yes, I do work at a hospital. You're, you're very, you're very close. So I think it's safe to say that probably see Duffy roll out there as a starter. I think so. I too. think we've covered that enough to say I'm confident or not. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Interesting to see what he can do against TCU. Probably the most comfortable I have ever been with third string quarterback starting on a road game. Because if you think about previous third string quarterbacks playing for you, probably the Daggy's uh, the only one I can think of. Vinny Testaverde. Oh, that's right. Well, I know uh, that year that we went back and forth between pots and sticks. Daggy played too. Yeah, he's. I think he got the start against Kansas. He did. It was home, mm-hmm. but and he played great. <laughs> Speaking of Kansas, real quick, did you guys see that the kickoff set for two thirty against Kansas? Yeah. What the crazy? We avoided thing. an eleven a.m. game. I think there's. Was that the week where there's only two or three games, or maybe it's this Saturday? Anyway, yeah, two thirty kick at homecoming against Kansas. So everybody, burn up that blacktop coming up on eighty four, get back up here. Two thirty, I'll be waiting for you with some tortillas. Okay, so let's talk about this game a little bit. I don't have any notes in front of me. I just gonna pull some stuff out of my head. So Sean Robinson probably isn't playing. You'll you'll hear on a conversation with Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War talking about their starting quarterback issues. Spoiler alert, he doesn't think that he's well enough to go. Uh, Jamie said he was at the game on that side of the field when it happened. Said from his seat, 
he could hear Robinson screaming. Oh from my the gosh. Okay. So man, he, he said that alone was probably like, eh, he's probably not ready to come back yet. I wouldn't well, think so. As a full-time starter, Patterson's been waffling whether or not he will play. He said, well, it came out today that Patterson will not name a starting quarterback because Kingsbury won't name a starting quarterback. Yeah. Well, Kingsbury wasn't ever going to name a starting quarterback. That's that's his M.O. <laughs> the only time he's ever done that was Patrick Mahomes his junior year. He's like, yeah, it'll be it'll be Mahomes. We're good. There's I think no I think that was it. I like, think that was just about exactly how he said it. And the rest of the time, yeah, you, you didn't know. Yeah. I've... So Robinson's not going to be playing. Um, his backup, Michael Collins, has played for like two series, sub-50% completion percentage. That was against Texas. He's a bigger guy, more of a pocket passer. Maybe Six, can, five. can do a little bit of moving, but they're still going to rely heavily on the run. Uh, TCU, if you look at their offense, play calling, blank out his name, Sonny Cumbie is running like a 55 45 run to pass ratio. Robinson was their third leading rusher in attempts. So that balance may seem to skew back towards passing or just the running backs going to have to pick up a heavier load. Darius Anderson, Shewo, Alana Lua. Yes. Got it. Man, fist pump on that one. Um, Kevante Turpin, probably healthy to come back. Jalen Rager, tech legacy. You need to watch out for him. So I, I think the interesting things we need to talk about before we get to the TCU side of it, let's just jump right to the predictions and preview and all that kind of stuff. On my note sheet, I've got the line for this game has moved. I would say kind of drastically from it opening on Saturday, like or so Sunday, three days ago. It is now, but depending on where you look, between seven and eight and a half for TCU. I just looked Which is down from like eleven and a half when it opened. I just looked on my score app as you were as you were pulling that out and it's at seven. So TCU minus seven. People so, are putting some money on the Red Raiders. Spoiler alert, put me down for Texas Tech covering there. Even if they don't win, it's gonna be a close game. I don't think TCU's gonna beat you by touchdown. I agree with that. Over under set at sixty one and a half. Where do you see this one going? Remember Backup quarterback for TCU and third string quarterback for Texas Tech. I'm kind of showing my hand here. I'm going to take the under. Hang on. What was it? 61 and a half? 61 and a half. So you don't think. You're looking oh at like gosh. a. Well, 30 27, that would be an under. Which that seems like a lot of points for that game, for this game. It does. If you're scoring 30 you points. You could talk me in the under on that too. If you're scoring 30 points, you're probably winning this game. I don't think TCU can score 30 points against your defense. Knock on wood here. Your defense has not allowed a, a point in the second half to a Big 12 opponent yet. Oh, and I wanted to throw this out there too. TCU's last three fourth quarters, they have only scored three points. And those three points came last week against Iowa State. Sorry if you're hearing my dog bark. I knocked on the on the table and now she thinks that somebody's here. <laughs> Dumb dog. There's company. No, the so I my theory is that their offense may kind of stall late. That seems Which to be plays a, a thing that the, they do. Plays into your defense that seems to to kind of really shut it down late. Right. That I was trying to word that question for you to ask. Sorry. And and I couldn't figure out how to do it because 
I wanted to point out, okay, Tech has had trouble defensively allowing 24, 21, 28 points in the first quarter, and TCU's had trouble offensively only like getting three points in the last three fourth quarters of their games. And th- that three points what came can, in the, the game-winning field goal against uh, Iowa State. Yeah, that was kind of a big deal. But At yeah, the they, end of that game. They, they went scoreless against Texas in the fourth, and uh, I'm blanking on their other op- – oh, Ohio State – they went scoreless in that one too in the fourth, and the games were the, the games were really close up until then for those last two games, or the Texas and Ohio State game. But so I don't want to give too much of away of our interview with uh, Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War, but well, I didn't give my, my prediction in that part of the interview. I will go ahead and say I'm taking the Red Raiders to win this bad boy. You're taking them to win. I'm going to cover. I'm going to go under on the over-under. It's going to be a defensive battle. The the matchup on on ESPN, the FEI index, FEI, yeah, I was right, is a 50.5 to 49.5 advantage to TCU. As close as a Pretty darn as you close. can get. Yeah. If you look at the S&P rankings for this, the, both teams, I think Texas Tech is 26th, TCU is 31st, so really close in that those rankings. TCU obviously is kind of buoyed by their, well, I say that. Both teams are buoyed by one side of the of their team. Texas Tech's offense is like sixth, and their defense is like 100th in S&P Plus. Oh. TCU, however, defense is 18th. Offense is in the 70s, I think. All right. So, yeah, it could be kind of an ugly game. <laughs> is that ugly. what you're getting at? <laughs> they've, they've turned the ball over a ton. I would say mo- my, most of that has been Sean Robinson. We're not sure how their backup will do in his first real meaningful time. Looking forward to the game. I think, I, like I said, I think we're gonna pull it out. And, and I know this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't first take type stuff, but I'm with you. I'm picking Tech in this one too to win because I like our third string quarterback more than their second string quarterback. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking our chances with that, and uh, we've. It's been a pretty even series with TCU since they've hopped into the Big 12. Yes. And Most games have been close, except for, what, 2012? Oh, the 82-27, yeah. That's just... And then the game last week. It just week, gives me... Year. It just... Oh, man. It makes my eyes roll back in my head. It makes me so angry. That game was terrible. But, yeah, the rest of them have all been competitive. Yeah. You've gone to overtime twice. Yes. You've won both of those games. In Fort Worth. I think they were both in Fort Worth. One with Eric Ward having a heck of a day, and then the other one was Mahomes deciding to be Mahomes. That was the day we had our our uh, baby shower. I remember I watched part of that. That was Buffalo the f- Wild Wings. The first, very nice. <laughs> that was the first game I did the five the post game five things post. Oh, okay. And it was like nerve wracking to try to like keep stats and everything, and like watch the game. And I was over at my my sister in law's house. Anyways, with that, let's get to the interview we had with Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War. All right, everybody, we are joined by Jamie Plunkett, the managing editor for Frogs of War, the SB Nation site covering TCU athletics. Jamie, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm glad to join you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so we, we, we've been doing this with some of our other uh, in-game, or I guess in-season football opponents leading up to the season, leading up to the game, where we do uh, an interview and a preview of the game. I think with both teams, really, but for, for TCU, since we're going to be talking about them this week, 
One of the biggest questions is who's going to start at quarterback? We've heard, um, I guess it was today or one of the, I guess, DFW media members said that Gary Patterson's not going to name a starting starting quarterback because Kingsbury's not going to name a starting quarterback. So who do you think we're going to see trot out there to start uh, on Thursday night? You know, I, uh, I, I love Gary Patterson's games, gamesmanship. He always uh, is unwilling to give up even the slightest edge to the opponent. So I applaud him for being stubborn in that way. Um, but it does make it a little complex as to who is actually going to be starting behind center for the Frogs. I would really honestly be surprised if it was Sean Robinson. Uh, you know, witnessing that injury live against um, Iowa State, uh, and just, you know, hearing, being able to hear his scream from where I was, uh, it, it sounded like a really bad injury. I know that he probably will play. He's gotten a lot better quickly, which is really good for Frog fans to hear. But I, I think that TCU fans and Tech fans alike should be expecting uh, a significant amount of Michael Collins on Thursday night. Um, just because, you know, at this point in the season with the Frogs 3-2 and, and, the, and the season kind of on the edge, do you really want to push a guy who isn't 100% uh, when you have a redshirt sophomore, Michael Collins, who really pushed for the starting job throughout fall camp and, and was pretty close to winning the job himself, you know. So I, I think it's mostly Michael Collins. I think he gets the start, but I wouldn't be su- wouldn't be surprised if we do see uh, some Sean Robinson in spots on on Thursday. Yeah, so that definitely makes sense. And I I don't know again for who who would start for Texas Tech. I think we're hearing that. You know, Bowman may not be even able to fly with the team, and not that that that's that long of a drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes that a little bit more interesting that both teams uh, are already kind of looking at starting not the ideal quarterback. But tell us a little bit about how the offense maybe changes uh, with Collins behind center as opposed to Robinson. You know, I, I think the biggest. Uh, the biggest thing with Robinson is his mobility and his size. I mean, he's a big kid. He's 6'2", uh, 235 pounds, and he can run. He's got like 4'5 speed, and so his dual threat ability is really what set him apart from Collins and Paul Camp. Uh, that's not to say that Collins isn't mobile, because he is a pretty decent runner himself, and I think he surprised a lot of folks with his ability to run in Paul Camp, uh, and I think that's part of the reason the competition was so close. Um but he definitely isn't as mobile as Robinson. He does have a really good arm, uh, an incredibly strong arm. Uh, as one of the guys on the team a couple weeks ago actually compared Collins' arm to Trevon Boykins, uh, who always had his arm underestimated when he was at TCU. Uh, and, and Collins has a, a, an incredible arm. He's accurate on the deep ball. Uh, so I don't, I don't see the offense having to change too much. Um, realistically, you would probably see less designed runs for Collins than you would for Robinson. Uh, probably fewer zone reads and real just more true true running plays to Shewo Alonalua and Darius Anderson. Uh, but as far as the offensive balance run to pass, you wouldn't probably see too much of a difference with either of them uh, taking snaps. So is, is Collins a little bit better at protecting the ball than, than Robinson? I think that was one of the biggest concerns that everybody, I guess, would have with, with Robinson is that he has a tendency to throw some interceptions, uh, fumble the ball. When you look at the game against Texas Tech last year, I think he – fumbled it multiple times and you mm-hmm. know was able to recover all but one of them uh is collins a little bit better with with ball security you know we're not sure at this point he hasn't really seen meaningful snaps yet he played for a series against texas a couple weeks ago when robinson got banged up for a moment um and but we really haven't seen collins throw too much 
uh, in a meaningful moment yet. So that's still kind of an un- unanswerable question. Uh, hopefully, because Robinson's turnovers have been incredibly costly for TCU this year. You look at the third quarters against Ohio State and Texas, those interceptions and those fumbles really turned the game against TCU and, and arguably cost them a 5-0 and record at this point. Um, so hopefully he is uh, because, you, you know, some of the mistakes Robinson has made have been pretty pretty bad to this point. Uh, but that's just – it's still up in the air because we haven't seen Collins play too much yet. Sure. Now let's talk about the – I guess the rest of the team. Not unlike Texas Tech, you guys have had some some injuries and this, this bye week has come at, at a pretty good time. Uh, I think it was an article on, on your guys' site talking about, you know, um, some of the guys that were coming back from, from injury, uh, namely like Nico Small – Kevonte Turpin. Mm-hmm. So, what is the te- what does the health of the rest of the team look like? Are are these guys going to be able to go on Thursday? Yeah, you're absolutely right that the bye week came at, at a good time for the Frogs. Nico will probably be playing. Turpin definitely will play. He took a huge hit against Iowa State that probably should have been a targeting call uh, that was overturned. Actually, uh, much to the chagrin of TCU fans in the stadium. Uh, but he, you know, he had a couple stitches that he needed from the hit. But other than that, uh, he should be good to go. The big question mark is Cordell Luwagu, the starting left guard. Uh, the offense, he, he came out after, I think, the second series against Texas, and the offensive line just has not looked the same without him. Uh, so if he's able to go, uh, I think that impacts TCU's offense in a positive way. If he's not, then the question is really, how is the offensive line going to hold up without him for a third straight week? Sure. So yeah. let's, let's talk about some of these guys that um, Texas Tech fans may not be familiar with, but you think uh, they should be aware of going into the game? Is there somebody that we don't know about that could potentially have a big game for the Frogs? Well, I, I, the name that everybody is starting to learn is Jalen Rager. Uh, he had an incredible <laughs> he had an incredible freshman year last year. He's off to a great start again this year. Uh, so he's obviously a huge, huge threat at wide receiver. Uh, you know, I think some of the names that uh, people don't quite know yet are on the defensive side of the ball. You you look at uh, Garrett Wallow at starting linebacker as, uh, you know, a a really young guy. Um, This kid has all the makings of the next kind of great TCU linebacker to follow in that lineage that TCU has put together uh, in the 4-2-5. He's incredibly fast. He plays 100% all of the time. Uh, Realistically, the biggest thing that he needs to do at this point is check his emotions. He's a big hitter. He's great in coverage, and he's fast as hell. So, you know, Garrett Wallow, number 30, at the linebacker spot is a guy to keep your head on, uh, keep your eye on, especially against that really, really diverse and, and talented Texas Tech offense. Um, and then offensively, uh, you know, I, I realistically most of most of these guys on offense are a known commodity at this point. You've got Rager, you've got Turpin, you've got two senior receivers in Jalen Austin and Jarison Stewart. You've got Shaywo and Darius Anderson, uh, who are both pretty well known at this point. Um, and, and you know, it's a veteran squad on the offensive side of the ball outside of some spots on offensive line and quarterback. So Garrett Wallow, uh, along the defensive line, you've obviously got Ben Banigou, who people know, but uh, a guy who's been stepping up a lot this year in the absence of Ross Blacklock is Corey Bethley, another defensive tackle who actually leads the team in stacks right now through, uh, through five games. Uh, he's been incredible from the three tech spot. Um, and so hopefully he'll be able to kind of disrupt tech's offense a little bit from the defense, from, from the three tech spot on Thursday night, because if he can, uh, you know, regardless of who is playing quarterback at that point, uh, you know, he, he, you know, TCU's defense is gonna is gonna put up a good fight. Yeah, so I would say from a, a Texas Tech fan standpoint, that Rager's not an unknown 
name for us. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but to, to your point, um, you know, we, we've, we've kind of followed the, the TCU defense from afar and they've always done really well, especially in conference and slowing down some of the spread teams. Uh, this season, at least for me, I haven't I haven't heard of any like big names outside of um, the defensive end you mentioned. I'm, I'm blank on his name. Um, ben, I'm so sorry. Um, so is is the defense this year uh, more or less the same as, as it always has it always been? Is it always is it is it still going to be as strong, or is there is there a weakness to, to this defense this year, or kind of? Tell us a little bit about, about the, the, the 2018 version of the TCU defense. Yeah, so, you know, I think at some of the at some of the key positions, it's as strong as it has been. Obviously, at defensive end, you've got the Big 12 defensive preseason player of the year in Ben Banigou, who's coming back off of the 18, or an eight-and-a-half sack season last year, uh, projected high-round pick in the NFL draft in April. Uh, you've got Jeff Gladney, who Tech fans should remember from last year. He had the 97-yard interception for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's kind of the number one corner. Nico Small's been around for a while. Um, you have Ridwan Isahaku. Uh, you know you've got you've got a lot of depth at, at safety. Some some interesting spots though. Really, at that other tackle spot uh, alongside Corey Bethley. Uh, you know Ross Blacklock was supposed to be there, an All-American last year an incredible force along the defensive line. And he's, he's being replaced by kind of a rotation of guys at this point, some redshirt freshmen, Terrell Cooper and, and George Ellis and a senior Joe Brodnack who is, is a solid player, but you know, none of those guys are as talented at this point as Blacklock was. So that, uh, you know, and, and TCU has been gassed a little bit with the run the last couple of games. So they're missing Blacklock a little bit. I think um, at the linebacker spot, you know, you've got Garrett Wallow, You've got Alec Dunham, who's a guy who's just kind of bided his time and waited for his opportunity. Rico Evans is another guy, a linebacker, that's been playing really well. Uh, the Northern Illinois transfer, Jawan Johnson, has played really well in limited time. Um, and you've got Ty Summers, who is kind of a do-it-all guy on defense for TCU. And so this is a defense that still really flies around. They've got incredible team speed. Uh, the corners are pretty, pretty solid in coverage this year. Uh, Julius Lewis is still working mentally through an ACL injury from last season. And so you see him uh, hesitate a little bit here and then. And, and against an offense like Tech, obviously that's a, a big no-no. So hopefully he hopefully he overcomes that before Thursday. Um, yeah, this is this is kind of your traditional 4-2-5 Gary Patterson defense that's going to fly around, try to make big plays, uh, hit you really hard. But ultimately they are a little susceptible to, to the big play over the top. And so that's that's definitely something to look for Thursday night. Okay, so let's, let's go ahead and talk about that game. Um, the line is, is it's been interesting to watch. It's, it's been moving around a little bit. I think right now, currently, it's depending on where you look, it's between minus seven to minus eight and a half for TCU. Uh, I saw an over under today. It was sixty one and a half. Where do you see this game going? And and go ahead and, and give us your prediction for the game. You know, I, I am a little concerned about this game. I won't lie. Uh, it was really impressive to see what Jet Duffy did against West Virginia's defense in the second half of that game a couple weeks ago, um, or was that last week? I can't even remember at this point. But it was it was impressive to see what, what Duffy did uh, a couple weeks ago against West Virginia. And, um, you know, just the offensive talent that, that y'all have is, I mean, y'all are stacked. There's no way around it. And so it's it'll be interesting to see how TCU's defense uh, plays against an offense that's uh, really diverse like this. Uh, I, I compare y'all as far as team speed on offense to to Ohio State, 
they had some just lightning fast wide receivers and obviously a really solid mobile quarterback. Uh, and so if, if Duffy is, if Duffy is the guy on Thursday night, I, I you know, I think they're going to give TCU some problems. Uh, uh, offensively, it's all about rhythm for TCU. They've been off the last couple of weeks. Uh, Texas really gave them problems. Iowa state really gave them problems. I'm not sure that Texas defense is as good as, as either of those two defenses um so hopefully tcu's offense can score more points than they have in the last couple of weeks i was really surprised honestly though to see that tcu was favored in this game um both teams coming in at three and two having some some solid wins but have, have shown real weaknesses and susceptibility to to big plays at times uh you know i was i was shocked that the line was where it was um i don't know that tcu covers i do think the frogs end up winning this game but i think it's kind of a, a shootout really close down to the wire game, maybe takes a, a, like a Jonathan Song field goal to win it in, in the last moments of the fourth quarter for, for the Horned Frogs. Yeah, these games, outside of probably last year and then in, uh, was it, 2014, have been really entertaining games, been back and forth, uh, down to the wire type games. I, w- I would agree with you that it, it's going to be a, a, a close game. I don't know if it'll be seven or eight, eight and a half points. Uh, the, no, definitely not. One of the one of the predictions I saw was more like a two or three point game, and I think that's more in line. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixty one kind of feels like a lot of points for this game. It really does. So I, I you know, if I was going to pick it, I would say um, Tech covers, and I would take the under on that one. I don't really. It would for me. It really comes down to, on how the starting quarterback for Texas Tech is able to, to take take care of the ball and not turn it over. And then if the defense for Texas Tech is able to to keep uh, whoever it is, you know, uh, starting for, for the Frogs, you know, off balance and force some turnovers that they haven't done the past few weeks. So, yeah, I, I would expect a close game. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, we did have one question. Um, this is – I guess going back to, to our roots as, as, as any, if we're, if we're anything, we're, we're, we're a food podcast first. <laughs> so we had a question come in and I've got some thoughts on this, but I want to ask you first, is there a better hamburger joint close to TCU than rodeo goat? Hmm. Yeah. I saw this in your email and I've been thinking about it for a while now. Uh, there are so many good burgers to be had in Fort Worth. Uh, and rodeo goat is definitely up there. It's one of my favorite burgers personally. Um, you know, I think the average CCU fan would, would hang their hat, uh, on Dutch's and as Dutch's is the home of the Frogs War podcast, I guess I should promote them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Dutch's has one heck of a burger. I, I would, I would recommend the Texana from there. It's an avocado and ranch burger, uh, that is phenomenal. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are a couple other really, really solid burger places. Kincaid's being one, uh, you know, it's, it's more of a chain, but Jake's is a pretty good burger too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't—you definitely can't go wrong with rodeo goat. So if that's where you're headed, uh, you know, I'm not—I'm not, not going to change your mind off of off of rodeo goat. That's for sure. So I've never been to rodeo goat, but I have been to Kincaid's, and it was fantastic. My my stepdad used to live out there in, in that area. Oh, nice. And then when uh, when he and my mom got married, he'd take us back. He was like, "You guys have to try this place," and it like legit changed my world. <laughs> Dude, it's such a good burger, and it's like that little kind of dinky, dirty hole in the wall place. It's got that really nice vibe when you walk in. You're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this grill's been used a million times, and they've probably cleaned it once. <laughs> and it's just the burger is going to be that perfect, perfectly cooked, delicious, delicious burger. Yeah, it was fantastic. 
All right, Jamie, th- thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, go ahead and, and give everybody where they can find you on Twitter and maybe read some of your work. For sure. So, yeah, obviously, frogsofwar.com. That's frogsofwar.com is where uh, myself and Melissa Trebowasser are the co-managing ed- editors. Uh, I am at Frog Preacher on Twitter, and our Twitter handle is at frogsofwar, and you can follow me all of those places and all the great writing that our, that our staff does. All right. Again, everybody, thanks for joining us, uh, Jamie. I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, the game this, this week. This week. Almost said this weekend. It's a bad habit. <laughs> game being on a Thursday. Um, good luck, and, and I hope everybody stays healthy for the game. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to Thursday night. Yes, sir. All right. We want to thank Jamie for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. It was going to be a tough ask, but if you need some TCU information – Go check out Frogs of War. They do a pretty good job over there. I say pretty good job. I, it's not because of them, but because of the owner of their platform. They have a, a they've got a podcast as well. You heard all of his social media. I'm, I'm doing this from memory. That that recording for me was like three hours ago. Man, three hours ago is an is an eternity it's, for me. And podcasting, it's like it's way gone. It's just gone. So thank you, Jamie. Yes, thank you for always giving us or having another great interview, another great guest. Keep on rolling. Let's get to the questions. We we didn't have we didn't have a lot of questions this week, guys. What what gives? But the two we got. Oh man, they're they're they're, they're good solid. ones. Can always count on clutch. Yep. Well, I say that we've got two clutch supporters submitters question submitters. One, of course, Brian Don Carlos, the Phantom RPO. Love it. That's his new. That's his new name. He's it's so good it's, at it's a good one. His questions. Okay. Plus minus one and a half turnovers gained by Tech on Thursday. We both did the exact great same. line. <laughs> that is a great line, Brian. Uh, it really made us think. Because I would say under. Except if Robinson was playing, I, I might take the over on that one. But like, I would say under too because I think we're going to have some. On offense. Well, it's not. he's not talking about margin. He just has gained. Well. Does that change your mind? Oh, oh, it does. Oh, it does change. Yeah, he doesn't say, he doesn't say margin. Okay, so our defense will get. Either one or, or two. more than. One or more than one. <laughs> Less well, than one zero. and a half or more than one and a half. <laughs> we know how bets work. Y'all don't, how, y'all oh, don't write gosh. us in. We know how they work. Oh, okay. Nah, that does change things a little bit. I say over then. If 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 that's all it is, I thought it was like end of game margin. The team as a whole would end up with plus or minus one and a half. Yeah, that's, that's not. But that's if not it's how just the it. defense, yeah, I would say I would say plus because by God, we're owed some from last year. They had seven fumbles and and recovered one. Seven, we recovered one. Yeah, so and then didn't score. And it was from that quarterback. Of course, he won't He's, play. Well, still, he, he may play. He just he, may not start. He might know. almost play. I love for him to come in to and either fumble Patterson. or throw an interception. And like, nope, you're not ready yet, and come just, back out. Yeah, just get our <laughs> mythical bet. Uh, I, I, I would. I'm going to say over. Then I'm going to say gonna over. Take, if I'm, it's the defense, is if the uh, I'm going to say that the defense will recover two or more turnovers. Give me one. All right, all right. Well, we'll I'm not just, going zero. I'm just going one. All right, we're going to settle up after this recording, and I will get fifty dollars cash. Cash hola. Cash money. All right. Question number two from Brian. This is a good one. 
it's got me thinking. What season has the best food slash desserts? Just makes me smile to think of this question. Well, okay, here, I'm going to split it up. I'm going to say summer. When you think of like summer, I think of like grilling out and grilling. Yeah, grilling and smoking. And barbecue smoking. Yep. So I'm going to say summer for best food, best desserts. Also, you th- you may think like cobblers and stuff, but I'm gonna go like fall for like just all the yummy Man, stuff. We are you not get disagreeing at all today. I I think okay, yeah. The only reason that I even thought twice about it not being fall for both was because of grilling in the summer. That was the only thing that held me back because fall has it's got the fair. My favorite holiday too, Thanksgiving, and all the Thanksgiving foods you get. And not just the Thanksgiving foods you get, but the expectation that you're supposed to eat all of them yes. and that it's okay. You're supposed to overeat. Yeah. You, you go to someone's house and they have nine pies and you're, well, I got to try, got to try all of them. I got to get a little sliver of each one. You know, you've got to try them all. Uh, the, I love the, pumpkin this pie. This one pumpkin pie is different from that one. I got to try both of them. I know. I love pumpkin pie. I know people that's kind of a polarizing pie. People usually either love it or hate it. And my wife happens to it. hate it. <laughs> so mom makes that for me every year. <laughs> and then uh, pumpkin, I mean, uh, pecan pie. We've, you and I, I know, you and I go, we, we disagree on pecan pie, but pecan pie is just kind of good anytime, but it's definitely brought out around Thanksgiving. I think the only thing that rivals fall for desserts would be winter because of Christmas. Because there's so many delicious Christmas candies and barks and... Uh, so that's when like, like the chocolate covered pretzels come out. Yeah, the f- like the fudges. Chocolate covered everything shows up on Christmas. That's that's not a bad that's not a bad look either. Fruit cakes. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't hate them like people like most people do. But and I'm not considering like Halloween as fall because like when you think about Halloween foods, it's it's either like pumpkin or it's candy. Right. The only and thing caramel apple that yes. might be like a Halloween. Best. food he, not a fan of the caramel apple you're right about oh. the fair though you're totally right because the fair especially this year was during the fall so that is a fall food mm-hmm. get turkey legs all the fried things all the fried things you can get state fair is still going masterpiece nachos masterpiece nachos four dollars so okay I, I have to ask you this though this may make or break the podcast <laughs> like you may not be welcome back depending how you answer this question What's your stance on candy corn? I really enjoy it. I had some today. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> what are no, you, what mess are you talking? I had, I had three, I had three little handfuls of it today at work. A coworker of mine. Handfuls? Well, not hand. You know what I mean? Like a. That's disgusting. Like in your palm. It's like a palm, a palm full. It's sugar and seven starch. Yeah. It's great. It's. Have you ever had Starburst candy corn? Even better. Well, that's Starburst then. Well, I'm talking about yeah, like it is original candy corn. Yeah, I even like the pumpkins. Oh my gosh, the pumpkins are good too. Have you had the candy corn with a little chocolate tip? You're gonna make me sick. <laughs> I think they have a candy corn. Uh, what was it? What do they make at Baja? No, Dad, give it. What do they make at Bahama Bucks? Frozen. They've got a billion. Ice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Good job. Man, I, I was, it took me a while. It's not even worth going back, but I'm there now. I think they make a candy corn shaved ice that I'm probably going to have to try. And they they suggested you have it with chocolate cream. Th- that doesn't sound good to you? Not at all. <laughs> I like candy corn. But I, I, wanted to, I wanted to tell you this, too. It's funny you mentioned all this because my coworker who brought it, she took a picture of it on, uh, I think she brought it up over the weekend and took a picture of it, huge bowl of it. And, and I think she hates it too, but she, she, and then she tagged like two or three other people. She's like, I know, you know, y'all are going to be really happy to see some candy corn. And I of course, you know, replied and showed her that I was also going to be excited to see some candy corn. (laughs) So I think there's, there's a giant tub of it in our office. And as far as I know, there's only three of us that are going to eat it. (laughs) That's so nasty. (laughs) Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that was going to make or break the podcast. I didn't know where you were going. Um, I'm like on the verge of kicking you out of my house. Have you ever had it with dry roasted peanuts? No. What? It's why, so delicious. Why would, you, why would you destroy dry roasted peanuts with that? It it enhances them. Obviously, I'm going to disagree because I don't think it enhances anything. You just do half and half, like but half dry roasted flakes. peanuts, half candy corn. Maybe throw some M&Ms in there if you're feeling crazy. That's a That's a delightful mix. What are you looking up over there? Sorry, I was I was going to Red Raider Red Meats. Oh, to see what they're do they have a they special have a this Halloween week? meat sale going on, and it, I wish we were I wish we were sponsored. But is it, is it candy corn burgers? No, that's disgusting. That that would be terrible. They just I I don't know what like it's a great deal. I just look at the jalapeno cheddar sausage like oh, that just sounds really good. Four four ninety nine for a package. That seems like a I don't know what a package is. Is it a pound? I don't know. It just says per package. It's not. That's not bad. I think three fifty is kind of the going rate. USDA aged prime brisket, three ninety nine a pound. I aged. If, I don't know if that's uh, if that's trimmed or not. That's, that's pretty good. It's like like we're reading the the ads, like the weekend uh, newspaper ads. No, that's pretty good because the brisket I just bought at uh, Costco was a sixteen pound brisket. And it was right about that same price. And it was not an aged brisket, but it was prime. Because that's I what they sell at Costco. Are, uh, pr- are aged. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Really, I, I need to know who to get in touch with so we can like, dude, you guys need to sponsor us because we're giving you so much free advertising right now. Sure. With our hundreds of listeners. You know what else? We, you, I just thought of another possible queso sponsor. Leal's. I nearly gagged on their salsa, so no thanks. What? It's disgusting. It's water with onion in it. It's red water with onion. Well, that sponsor went out the window. <laughs> we should have brought this up off air. My fault. So does so does so does Brock's or whoever makes candy corn. We should have tested this before. <laughs> Where's our focus group? We didn't set that up this week. Okay. All right. Before we go too too far off the rails, we don't have an update for Cord Cutters Corner. Wait, wait, we do. Wait, this just in. Finger. I do have an update. I told him before we started that I didn't. They fixed my sprinkler system. Oh, finally. Uh, One of the sprinkler heads still doesn't work, but I think it's just stopped up, and I'm not sure how to deal with that, but uh, there's that. And then I got to have a conversation on Twitter just this evening with someone who was looking into cord cutting options. Very nice. Who writes for, uh, I think she writes for Guns Up Nation. We follow each other on Twitter. And uh, 
she was looking into Hulu Live, and I recommended it. So I felt we, like I'm a, I'm a, you know, I know what I'm talking about. She didn't ask me; she just asked her followers. And you're like, I got you, boo. Oh, I got you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what to do. We we this made our stuff. our first step towards cord cutting. We purchased a new TV. I don't know if you noticed when you walked in. I did not. Probably because you haven't seen our old TV. It's now in our bedroom, which has been great, but it's kept us up way too late. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So we got a we got a 4K 55 inch Roku TV. Oh, that's cool. I remember when those first came out a few years ago. So we've got it like ready to go. Not the 4K for the streaming but... services. Man, that's it's great. Netflix, Hulu. Amazon Prime, YouTube, all that and more. So it's it's ready to go once we get subscription signed up. That kind. Of, well, I mean, we've got Netflix and Hulu already, so we're getting close. You're getting there. Well, it may be this upcoming spring once we get our we get off the discount from Suddenlink because they're like, oh, you've been with us for a year. Screw you guys. Yeah, here's twenty. Here, you know, pay us twenty more bucks for being a loyal customer. Yep. Per month. All right, we've got one update for Going Yard, and it's not a good one. We've got some rain this past week, Michael. I've noticed. And I don't... I've never had this problem before. In any other house I lived in, other wood fences, I can't open my gate. Because yours is a brand new wood fence. It's so dumb. Like That's all it is. Same thing happened to me last year. So I tried to take the trash out last night. It was like... Wouldn't budge. Welded shut. If you could weld wood... It, the. I kicked that bad boy open and then no, immediately regret. I was like, shoot <laughs> <laughs> because now when I try to close it, not only does the latch hit the middle support beam coming from the, the <laughs> latch side, yep. the bottom support beam like overlaps the gate by like an, like a full inch. I was like, where did all that movement come from? Once the gate swung open. So the, my back gate newsflash, isn't securely closed. Oh, nobody, everybody within earshot of HQ South. But if come, anybody else has opened their- Come get their, this new 55-inch Roku TV. <laughs> no, you can come get the box because that's on the back patio <laughs> because I tried to take it out. Also, when I, I got the, the fence open to take it out to the trash, legit standing water all the way across the alley. It's like- well, that's dumb. I'm not, and both lids were closed on the dumpster. And it's literally are right across the alley from our gate. Oh man. But they were closed. Like, so you couldn't even toss it. I couldn't toss it. Okay. I've got, I've got two tips for you. So I don't know if I have to wait for it to dry out. It's supposed to be raining like the next week. That when we first moved into our house two years ago, I had the same exact issue. And the first time it rained, it did dry out and it, it was Okay. The second time it, it rained, it was probably about like this, and it it froze up so solid in the back. I was I I was scared to open it. I was I didn't well, know what was going to happen, and so it's because my house was still under warranty. Then, I mean, everything was under warranty. Yeah. So I, I had them come out and they shaved like a quarter inch off of my gate just so I could open it. And I fired and off it an looks email. Kind to the of silly. Team. Yeah, it looks kind of silly now or you know the majority of the year when it's dry because there's a pretty good gap there but at least now like just before i came over i took out the trash and i had no trouble opening it's like you're rubbing it in my gate. face i've got a i've got a massive bag of trash and a 55 inch tv box on my back's patio back patio because i can't take the trash out my okay my second tip 
was just throw some throw some old flip flops on the back porch. Just always leave them out there. Use, uh, I've I've got shoes out there. Use that for the. But you like can, you I would have, you can Ford, you can fjord the Ford or fjord, the Ford. It would have been Ford. The the alleyway river and just get across there and so toss, this toss I, that lid open. This right here is what I'm learning right now. New fences absorb way more water than you think. Way much more. Yeah. It it way was terrible. It was excellent. Yeah. Way much more. Way much more, y'all. And because it's supposed to be raining and we're we're, we're supposed to be going out of town this weekend. I don't know if I just need to like lash it closed with some bungee or, or if it's closed enough, it's just going to hold it until it's finally. I remember I kind of had that issue back too. down or do I need to take like a sawzall out there and just chop it down myself? Cause I did fire off uh, an email to the, the warranty team cause our house should still be under warranty. Yeah. It's a two, two ten warranty. I just don't know if the fence is covered in that cause it wasn't a beaten bow product. It was uh, whoever their vendor was for fences. Texas fence company. Right. But if you had an issue with your sprinkler system, they would cover that. I'd imagine. I, I, I think it's just kind of the same thing. We, we shall see. We'll see the, their response. It really just needs to get shaved down just a little bit. Yeah. Cause it, it was starting to, to stick on the middle and it was like, I've already got like, I basically chipped it out with the actual latch. <laughs> so I had to slam it. It would just chip. I did. I had a brick. I had a brick that held mine closed because our back gate is right by our bedroom window. So you could hear it. You know, the wind clank, clank, clank. It would, it would hammer it. So, you know, after that for a while and it was overhanging at least half an inch, maybe more. I just had to have somebody come out and shave that off for me. Cause I didn't have the stuff I'm, I'm to do take it. You outside to show it. Yeah. Oh man. Once we I hit feel stop, for we're, we're going to walk outside. I feel for you. It's frustrating. All right. With that, I think we're going to go ahead and call it for Michael. I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 23 personal podcast. Catch us Friday morning for the post game reaction, man. It's going to be right in your face. <laughs>